Yo, welcome back to the GSPN Podcast. Um, I'm your host. You know who I am. You know what we do here. Uh, but real quick, man, I want to um, make sure I get this out the way because this is very important. Uh, I want to give a special uh, shout out to all of y'all who've been listening to this, man, and um, making the numbers what they are. And I want to give a, uh, a even bigger shout out to everybody that's come on and been a part of the show. Um, you know, starting with uh, Commissioner Lakes, obviously, man, really appreciate you and getting this whole thing setting up and you coming on here. My guy NY Ty, uh, Mike Favor, um, um, Charles Hill the Fourth, aka C4, what I like to call him, uh, Spice Guy, Mike Cook, Bretland, um, Patra, uh, Graylian, um, um, damn, man, I hope I'm not forgetting nobody, man. Uh, uh, Jarrell, um, Jermaine, um, shit, man, Derek, uh, a.k.a. St. Louis Red, um, who else, man? I, 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 I'm sorry, man, if I'm, if, if I didn't say your name and I forgot you, I, I didn't write any of this down, I don't script anything, I don't script the questions or any of that. I kind of just, you know, I'm a motherfucker that likes to run my mouth, so I just get on here and do that, man. And I, um, I appreciate all y'all, man. When I look at, when I looked on the app and just looking at it and just seeing that we got 20 episodes, and we literally got over a day or two worth of material, just hours on hours of material, man. It's it's really something special, you know, something that wasn't planned and. Um, I just really appreciate all y'all, and uh, this is fun. I ain't never hosted shit like this before, and you know, so I really appreciate what y'all making this, man. Um, we got some real big things coming up. I want to see if we can get this to be even bigger. So, um, starting after this episode, you know, we're going to be a little bit more organized. I'm going to try to get more of y'all on her, more of... Uh, more people at one time and we also gonna have some pretty dope giveaways man stay tuned you know some um nfl shop gift cards maybe maybe some hat zone gift cards some GameStop gift cards you know we're gonna be giving some things away just as a way to show appreciation you know for what y'all and what y'all helping or what y'all are putting together or i don't even know how to word it but i just appreciate it man uh Obviously, being a part of the group helps all of us get past our day. We all got jobs and kids and shit like that, so the group is a great place. But then we extended it, and, and we made it into a podcast, and this shit is just turning out to be... It's getting bigger and bigger. We on episode 21 right now, and... um I don't see why we can't get to episode 50, episode 75, episode 100, you know? Um... 21 episodes, man. 21, 21, 21. And uh, I hope y'all enjoy this one. Uh, me and Graylian. Uh, Graylian came back. I put out an open invite. He responded again. And uh, I appreciate the fuck out of that, man. Um, we get into a lot of wrestling this episode. A whole lot of wrestling. This might be our most jam-packed wrestling episode ever. If you saw Super Showdown... And you've been keeping up with Raw, SmackDown. And even if you, you know, I don't keep up with the Indies or the NXT or any of that. But if you do, if you do, um, 
I would love for you to get on here and talk to me about it, you know what I mean? So that way I can, maybe you put me on to something, maybe I can get into, like, some of y'all done put me on the matches. Shout out to Bretland, shout out to Graylian again, you know, y'all done put me on to some matches and, uh... Turned out to be some dope shit that I didn't know about. So if it's anything like that that you into and I ain't said nothing about it on her, it might be because I ain't aware of it. And, you know, maybe you put me on. Also, um, again, you do have the option to leave voice messages to the podcast. And if you want to do a quick voice message, you know, try to keep them within a few minutes. Don't don't leave no 35 minute voice message because not only will I not put it on, but I probably ain't going to listen to the whole thing. But just keep it within a reasonable amount of time. Send in voice messages, whether you got questions, whether you want to talk some shit, whether you want to give some predictions, anything. It's all good, man. And um, I guess that's about it, man. I'm going to let y'all go and get into this episode. But again, man, thank y'all for listening. Thank y'all to everybody that's been a part of it. And to everybody that's already been on. Everybody who's already been on. I would love to have you back. I would love to have you on here um, with other members at the same time, too. So uh, please try to make some time. Um, Shout out to Kevin Jr. I was supposed to have him on, but it didn't work out the other night. Um, I got to get Crispy Bacon on. Cordell, you still got to come on. Uh, Drew, what the fuck, Drew? What the fuck, Drew? Goddamn, man. You nigga, one of my closest friends, nigga, won't get on the goddamn show. Nigga, always try to act like he busy and shit. Nigga, won't say it. Whatever. Patra, I'm not no one-night stand, nigga. You need to get back on the show. Don't do me like that. Get on the show one time, and then she don't want to be on no more. We'll deal with that, but Spice Guys, C4 called you out. You know, I'm starting to think you're a little... Starting to think you're a little scared or whatever, man, but, you know, I don't... I don't know, man. You know. Jay, we got to get you on this motherfucker. Uh, Comedian Tone, we got to get you on this motherfucker. Um, I think the dude's name is Kasim or Kareem. We got to get you on this motherfucker. Uh, Mike Favor, um, we had to cut your episode short, nigga, because you was getting construction. You had a construction team in your kitchen or some shit. We cut you short. I would love to get you back on her too, man. So, But shout out to everybody. If you ain't been on the podcast too, by the way, and you just listening, shame on you, nigga. Hit my inbox and get in on the goddamn podcast, man. I don't bite. It's, it's, it's really simple, you know what I mean? Just... Just get on her fuck with a nigga. But enough of that, man. I know it was a pretty long intro, man. I just wanted to make sure I got all that out of the way. So again, 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 thank y'all. Thank each and every one of y'all. Um, thank y'all for listening. Thank y'all for being a part of the show. And let's get right into it. Hey, what's up? Chilling, dog. Chilling. What's up with you? Ah, oh, nothing, man. Just got home. Got these kids in bed. I got finally got some free time, so I'm open. I'm ready to do this, so I don't get these moments often. So, so I was able to hey, go man. ahead and catch up with you. <laughs> I, I definitely appreciate you using the time. I know your time is very valuable, and you don't get a lot of it doing the family man thing. I've been there, so I appreciate it. And before we get started. I want to make sure that I tell you, you know, two very big reasons I'm happy to have you back home. One is because I got a lot of wrestling to get off my chest tonight. And you're right. one of the perfect members to do that with. And two, I don't know if you know this or any of the other viewers can know this, cause I, or listeners, I should say, because uh, I'm not sure what y'all see when y'all go into the app. 
but on my end, it shows me all the listeners and everything. And uh, the last episode that you were on, Sweet 16, uh, it's our most listened to episode of all. So very excited about that. Oh, man, yeah, that's, that's I didn't even realize that. that now, that's cool. That is cool. Yeah, yeah, you're the only one to make it to 50, I think. Uh, I think uh, okay. Mike Cook. Mike Cook got pretty close. He on your tail. He had 44 for his episode, which is damn good considering he only did one. And then, you know, um, I think the third, fourth, and fifth highest are all David Lakes. Well, you know, he's a commissioner. Commissioner damn near here every other episode, so you figured he'd get a good yeah. amount of stuff. <laughs> Numbers work out for him. Yeah, man. Shout out to the shout out to the commissioner too for the last episode too, man. He gave he broke the fourth wall with that one. I ain't I ain't know how to feel about it, but but it ended up being a damn good episode. Oh yeah, that was that was real good. It was long as hell. It was really good. Yeah, it was a long ass episode, boy. I said, I gotta remember when I get when I get David on this motherfucker, I gotta set some time aside. Now, right, you can you, did, did you get the T Super Showdown? Now you know what? Now honestly, no, I have been I've been so busy, but you know, because thanks to the power of that is Bleacher Report, I have been able to catch up with the results of it. So um I got a fairly good idea of what's going on, uh, especially with the Triple H Undertaker match. So we can definitely get into that if that's where you want to start. No, I actually don't want to start with that match. I want to start with that pay-per-view. Because for me, dog, and I, I recommend watching it. If you ain't got a way to see it, I'll send you my, uh, you know, I could text you my, um, my code and stuff for the WWE Network. You can go in under my name and check it out, man. It's four hours long, but it's uh, the best pay-per-view I've seen in a while, man. I'm talking about every match. Like, I, every match was great. And, and one that they're not talking about, I guess the um, – you know, the names of The Undertaker versus Triple H is just so big, and Australia don't get to have it so often. And that Melbourne crowd, they was awesome too, man. When you get to check that out, just seeing how they reacted, you can tell they don't get to watch a lot of uh, WWE in person because they were just excited the whole night. But, man, every match on the damn thing had its own reason why it was great, but the one that stuck out to me, I don't know if you got to hear anything about it, but uh, AJ Styles versus Samoa Joe. Hey, they've been building up for that, like from SummerSlam and Hell in a Cell to, and I bet to that one, like they've been building up to that, like each match was better than the last, and they always left a little something, not to just make it a definitive, oh, AJ gonna win. They always left you, yeah, but Joe should have did. They left it open, and I, and I like that storytelling. I like how they. Built it up, like I said. I got to see the match. I ain't get to see it, but from what I read, what I know, and knowing that AJ and Samoa Joe, two damn good wrestlers, so you know they 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 brought it. They brought it. They brought their game game and tore the house down. Man, they brought it. I mean, like the match itself, just as a standalone, it, it told us you got the pay per views before, and you got the weeks on SmackDown before, where they just build it up, build it up, build it up. But even if you hadn't seen any of that. Just you know, they all you know how they are. They gonna give you everything right before the match comes on. Anyway, they gonna give you the flashbacks and the highlights of everything. But right. within itself, man, like just the match itself told a story, and I was just so damn impressed, dude. It, it just make you think like this could have been a, a um 
Baker, and then, you know, obviously they, for, for whatever reason, they want us to to, to, to see Roman Reigns, period. So he, either he's going to be the headliner or it's going to be some other, you know, some type of legend situation where they the headliner or both. It's going to be Roman Reigns and a legend like the Undertaker versus Roman Reigns at, at WrestleMania. It's going to be one of those. But, man, when I say Samoa Joe just, Reckless, and it's just one point in the match. Well, I don't want to give it away. I don't want to give it away if you ain't seen it. I'll let you watch it. So that way I don't, I don't give too much away. But that's a good Ronda Rousey. And the way her match ended, man. Oh, you ain't see what I'm saying, brother, man. I gotta, you got to watch it, man, because I can't go into depth with it. Hey, but it's, it's all right. But listen, though, like you know, just we can still expound on Ronda because Ronda, she has gotten so good since she's gotten there, like in a short amount of time. Like her matches are getting better. I think um, before Super Show, remember it was selling the cell, and her match with Alexa Bliss, you know, that one was pretty. That was actually one of her better ones. It wasn't like her usual dominant self. I mean, they had to give Alexa some time to show show off a little bit, but it was still a good match. So. Ronda, performer in there. Then, you know, before long, she's she, she's really starting to take off. Yeah, man, she looked damn good. I mean, if, if, if you were just a, a um, somebody that didn't know who she was, you know, hadn't heard of UFC before, or maybe you were a kid just watching, you know, just getting into it, she is so damn impressive. And the way that match ended, there was just a lot of good endings, man. I, I can't say enough about the whole pay-per-view. I've watched it a couple times now. You know, I only watched it in its, in its entirety once. That was the first time. But since then, right. I've gone back and just, you know, you got those specific. I don't have to watch the whole match again, but the specific parts. Pay attention to how that match ended. The one with Ronda Rousey. The bitch is okay. so, she is badass. She put both of the girls in a damn. Well, yeah, I'm, I'm just going to spoil it for you. I'm sorry. It, it, it already happened, though. You read it anyway, so you know the results. <laughs> Go ahead. Go ahead. Names of the who she was fighting against. It was Ronda Rousey and the Bellas versus, you know, the other three or whatever. And they got her. Got her. And she twists they arm, so now she got them. And then she twists they arm and she leaned back and double arms for both of them at the same time. And then bitches get the tap in there. Changes up. She does it like every match. It's like her signature now. Oh, yeah, that arm bar. She deadly like, with it. Man, she, it, it, she make it look so damn good. And they tapped out quick. It's like she she goes from just being regular faces, it's like she gets mad and her eyebrows. No more than she, boom, put a minute. The, 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 the way the crowd reacts, man, that shit was off the chain. And, um, uh, Daniel Bryan and The Miz, that's one that might have shocked you. That match was really, really quick. I, read I don't they, know they, why. They, as far as, like... They did make that one quick. Now, I do remember that. They could have been for a lot of reasons. It was probably either time or maybe they just wanted to get past it. I don't know. But that is, that's that's a strange that it ended as fast as it did. Yeah, it ended really quick. But I said, you know, after watching the rest of it, if you just judge it by itself, then, you know, you can kind of have that feeling of, uh, you know, being cheated in a Goldberg versus Brock Lesnar type of way. But when you add it 
then with all the other matches that happened that night, you can't really feel cheated because it added an element of unpredictability for the rest of the night, you know, where you just automatically think, you know, you see somebody do that Bret Hart, well, it ain't really the Bret Hart, but ever since he did it to Diesel, that's all I ever think about when I see somebody roll somebody up like that. And uh, that's pretty much what Daniel Bryan did, ended the match real quick, and it was like, damn, that was quick. But you didn't, it makes it to where you don't really know what's going to happen the rest of the night. And man, I just, I love that fucking part of it, but, it was like, mm, you really wanted to see Daniel Bryan kick Miz's ass, but, you know, it ain't really that big of a deal. It just was kind of a, it's kind of a, a, a good ending to the story, especially when you know that AJ Styles won earlier that night, and Daniel Bryan is fighting for a shot at the, you know, the, the WWE title. So it just, as soon as it's over with, you're like, oh shit. AJ Styles, Daniel Bryan is somewhere coming up down the line. I think it's at their next international show. I think it's called Crown Jewel, I think. That's where it's going to have it at next. Yeah, so, Crown. yeah, that's going to be the next one. Uh, which, that's going to be because when Daniel Bryan came back, one of his first matches was against AJ Styles. So, just from that little bit that they did, I don't know if that was just a test-out match to see them go at it, but that it just for a TV match, it, it was it was pay-per-view worthy. So, that's going that's to be the one to watch at that next event. So we're going to definitely make sure we keep an eye out on that one. Absolutely, man. Now, let me get your thoughts on this. Did you watch Rob yesterday? Man, no, man. Like, listen, I just had Bleacher Reports has been my best friend, man, because, you know, yes, like last, I would say a couple months, man, it's just been hectic. So Bleacher Reports had kind of been my best friend. But, you know, I've been, you know, keep an eye on it. I know what's been going on with you know, with the shield and everything. Looks like they kind of showing some cracks. You know, Ambrose did what he could for the match. He ended up losing and left the shield in the ring. So we don't know are they gonna turn? Are they gonna make up? It, it's really a lot of twists and turns with that, especially since Ambrose came back and they starting to plant them seeds. Is he gonna turn on the shield? coming out of retirement. Honestly, I'll be honest, I, I, I don't like it. I don't like it. Like, it, he had retired. He had his farewell match. It was one of those farewells that stayed a farewell. And he retired, you know, still in good shape and everything. Now that he's coming back, I, I don't think he should. But, you know, he's back. So we'll probably get one more HBK match out of him. But I don't think it would be the same. Like, so, I don't know. I'm glad you said that. I'm, I'm with you. I didn't. I don't really. It's like I didn't want him to come back either. Right. It's like he left out perfectly. That was like the perfect way for him to end it. He went down trying to end the streak, and that was it. And he been doing this thing, making movies, writing books, all that. But I mean, they wanted to bring him back for this one time, so 
know, make this money over in uh in the Middle East. So he's back. And then they do an Undertaker Kane, which I'm not. I'm just not excited about the match just because of the state that everybody's in. Like Triple H is going to be the, in the best shape out of all of them, but you know Taker's old and he's really beat up. Kane looked like he getting a little chunky because I mean he's a man now, so he ain't worried about really getting his ring shape. And then Shawn Michaels, we really don't know what type of shape he's in, so they're going to have to do a lot of. It's going to be a lot of gimmicks and a lot of moving parts in that match. It, it, it is. It really is. They need people to tune in to it. And what better way than just to use some names? DX versus Brothers of Destruction. That's like a match that never really happened. So why not go ahead and try to push it? Right. Many, many years after the time it should have happened. Right, because we thought it was done at the end of the, the, end of the era match in the uh, what's the WrestleMania when they did Hell in a Cell. We thought that was it between Triple H and Undertaker. Then here they come one last time, and then they wrestle again next month. So it's like, is it really the last time? Hello? I was going to buy the, uh, the WWE. All right, yeah, there you go. You get cut out for just a second. I hear you now. If you're going to build something once in a lifetime or this is, or the final time, make sure it's the final time or once in a lifetime. I don't want to see them next month or next year. Say, look, I'm retired. I'm gonna go ahead and still make this money. And he's still out there making this money, man. Yeah, man. Size of the nature boy, too. They got the uh, the woo edition of 2K19. I couldn't get it. You know, you gotta, you gotta be very early with that type of shit. But I said, man, it's crazy to think that just a little while ago we thought that man was on his deathbed, and now he's out here in videos and getting right. married. Playing the song. He right, he's hanging out with, with the Migos and them, Rick Fled Drip. Like, dude, dude, living his life, man. Right, and his daughter is is doing something with him. Like, she's doing something amazing. Hey, Char- Charlotte is a beast in that ring. Like, you know, just athletically, you know, when she come in there, when she do her little flip, and when she get in the ring, and then all the stuff that she does, man, that it's just crazy. And her and Becky has been a great rivalry. But remember, we did the SummerSlam thread in the group. And I was amazed. I even called Becky was going to go ahead and do her turn. Like, I didn't even, like, I just went off of it as a guest. I'm like, why she turned? And she went on ahead and did it because it just seemed like if you just watch how everything was going, 
it just set itself up perfectly for it to turn. And it just went flawlessly how they did it. Man, and that last kicker, man, she, she played a very good heel at, at Super Showdown, man. Like, classic heel. Right, just showing her range. Right? See every... I'm sorry, I was about to say, everybody doesn't think that you know, she's just this good girl, positive role model for the kids. Like, if you give her a chance, you know, she can show a range. And, it, and it, she doesn't feel so much as, like, you know, a classic, oh, we hate this girl. Like, she, she's got the little anti-hero th- feel to her now. Wait, she got the what feel? Like, that anti-hero. Like, you know, like, she's not, you know, like the typical good guy. But, you know, she's supposed to be a heel, but everybody's still cheering her. Like, I don't want to say, like, Austin, but, you know, we know Austin didn't really do good guy stuff. But we still cheer for him anyway. Right. I thought that was interesting, man. I was actually thinking about him. I posted a, uh, I posted a video or one of his interviews in the group yesterday before I deactivated again. And uh, it's interesting to think about with him. I think we talked about it before, but it's like the way Roman Reigns is kind of a rejected heel. He's, I mean, rejected face. He's out there to be a good guy, but they booing him. It's like uh, Stone Cold was supposed to be a heel. You know, they were, we were supposed to boo him, but people ended up liking him. I don't know if that had anything to do with the, the Bret Hart aspect of it, where Bret Hart was turning into more of an asshole. So maybe people just wanted to see him get his ass kicked. But it's like you said, even with that, Austin wasn't doing it in a good guy versus bad guy way. It was more so like, well, Bray Hart's going to be an asshole. I'm going to be a bigger asshole. Right. But you also got to remember, it was just a change. When Austin did it, it was really just a change in time. People were tired of the overly good guy shtick, if you, if you will. They wanted something different. Austin presented them with something different that they can get behind. I mean... And plus, they put it out there like that. Who wouldn't want to whoop their boss ass every every day? Like, you just tired of your boss. You just want to just throw him over the desk or something like that. You know, just lay into him. And Austin kind of represented all of that stuff of how, you know, people felt. And then even today, you know, there's still no such thing as a good – if you really look at society, there's no such thing as a true good guy or a true bad guy anymore. There's a bad guy, you know, who has some good tendencies, but he's still bad. And then you have the good guy who – you know, if he's overly good, you end up don't liking him because you think, you know, something fake. So, you know, you want to kind of have that, you know, you kind of want somebody that kind of toes the line a little bit. I'll give you an example. So you've seen the Black Panther movie, right? I'm pretty sure, yeah, you've seen Black Panther. Um, Killmonger. Now, Killmonger was supposed to be presented as the villain, but if you think about it, like, was he really a villain? What did he really want? He wanted, you know, he wanted to make sure that no other kid in the hood felt like he did because he had his dad taken away. So, but his means of going about it, you may not agree with because he wanted to start an all-out war. But if you really look at his overall mission, he really wasn't a bad guy. He was he was pissed. He wanted to do something. And in a way, I mean, that's how you kind of look at it with Austin. That's how you kind of look at it with Becky Lynch now. I mean, that's how you look at it with a lot. If, if you want to make a, a good guy character or a cool character, you kind of got to have him toe that line. And if you think about it, yeah, he's a bad guy, but is he really that bad? Right, right. That's a very good point. That's a very good point. I, I just don't know. It's like um, it's like the Austin side of it. You know, if you got a, if you put 
know somebody's supposed to be bad, but the fans cheering and buying the merchandise, I mean, it's kind of easy to just roll with that because, like, shit, well, we making money. The ratings going up. I don't give a fuck. He's supposed to be bad, but they, they, but they love him. But the, the flip side with Roman Reigns, I don't know how that works. Or I haven't done any research to see if his merchandise is moving like that. But I can't figure out what the reason is that, you know, and I, I think he's a good guy. I think he actually, you know, he got a great look. He's probably one of the best-looking wrestlers of all time as far as just, you know, he looks like something you'll create. Right. Like, uh, he got the vest and the, you know what I mean? Just a, he looks the part. Like, he looks like the dude that played Aquaman, you know? He could have played Aquaman. Right, he could so, I think what it is, I mean, and it's in the merchandise aspect. I mean, he's moving merchandise. He say he's out, he's outsold Cena at this point because you know Cena was on top of merchandise for a long time, and then you know slowly but surely Roman had made his way up there. Now he's the top guy selling them all the merchandise, and you know he's like you say he's kind of got that you know something you were creating the game. You know he's got the look with the vest and everything like that. I mean he came, he looks straight out of the video game, and his move set. What kind of be something that you will put in the video? Like, it looks cool in the game. Absolutely. I don't know what, I don't know, um, I don't know. It's like, how does he move all that merchandise and all those people don't like him? I don't necessarily like him too much either. But my issue with him is just the talking. If he had, like, Paul Heyman or, or you know, just one of the old guys, like, when we were coming up, there was a lot of managers. It's not really a lot of managers anymore. There is. So if he has somebody that talks for him, I think he'd be perfect. It's just when he talks, the acting to me is so bad. I can't do it, man. And they, for whatever reason, they want to kick every episode of Raw off with him. If he was wrestling, I wouldn't have a problem. But when he starts talking, it's just like, oh, my God. You know, that's one of the best things about The Rock. You know what I mean? Just the, the Austin, too. The way they talk. They can hold your attention without ever doing any moves. Right, that's true. And I think part of it is because, you know, back then, Rock, Austin, those guys, they had more freedom with their promos. They weren't heavily scripted. So they could go kind of off-cuff a little bit. Now, in this day, and I remember I brought it to you in one of the first episodes that we did when it was me and you, It was it's corporate sponsoring. So they had to be real careful that they ain't losing out on no money. So they heavily script a lot of things. But it's only certain wrestlers that can get away with really going off script. Cena's kind of earned that right. So if Cena goes on and he does a promo, he's going to go off script from time to time. I think The Miz has probably kind of earned the right to kind of go off script as well because, you know, he's been an actor. So he kind of knows what to do. So it's been a few guys that are allowed to go off script. But a lot of guys are really confined to, to scripting and it's got to make it work. So that's why you see a lot of times Roman has had some terrible promos. But, you know, there's been a couple of his promos where it's like, okay, he's not bad. But in other times, it's like, Roman, just shut up. Just just, just ring the bell. Just fight. You can do that. It just don't say nothing. Right, yeah. I, you know, the only ones that I could think of personally to me that were any good was when he was doing the Brock Lesnar, going with Brock Lesnar, and it got to the point where he was, you know, they were really trying to, it seemed like they were trying to change people's perception of Brock Lesnar, just making Brock, like, not care about the fans, and I don't have to show up, and Roman was, like, getting hot and showing some emotion, just like, he don't care about y'all, he don't care about nobody here, and what you gonna do, Kurt? 
that's really the only time I could say that I like this promo. Other than that, it's like it's either the shield and they all say a little something and then the camera goes off, or I don't like it. Right. <laughs> it was one he did, I think it was when they was promoting the um, Hell in a Cell match with him and Braun. And that one was okay. Now, you, you let you let uh, the commissioner, Mr. Lakes, go ahead and say, you, you know, he, he was spitting facts and, you know, he was talking to him and everything like that. But, you know, it was okay. It was okay. I mean, he has his moments, but every every episode of Raw can't start with him talking. I'm sorry. you. I'm, I'm with you on that one. He, he can say something backstage. It's a lot. <laughs> Right. But the fact of the Super Showdown, that match with Roman Reigns and, and the Seal versus Braun Strowman and his hounds, you know, Dolph and, and Drew, that was crazy too, man. It was just like a lot of chaos. It was a lot going on. That was a, a good damn match. And, and one thing that I was excited about in that match is, um, you know, they you can appreciate the WWE understanding who the better wrestlers were. And Seth Rollins spent a lot of time in the match. And I was kind of happy about that because, you know, to me, out of those six guys, he's the best wrestler, you know, just as far as even uh, talking and uh, the things he does in the ring. He got a good way of, he got a good way of playing possum that reminds me of, of Brad, Sean, even some uh, some early face Chris Jericho, he's just got a good way of of, of, of of playing possum and then and then bursting out. He had a lot of moments like that, and then they kind of got to use Roman for what he was best at with the Shield, was just being the muscle. You know, a lot goes on, and then boom, he does something to get a big motherfucker up off of him, and that's another one you got to check out. You got the WWE Network the app. Yeah, I do got the app, man. Um, I have to go ahead. When this is over, yeah, go, I mean, if you don't mind, yeah, go ahead and send me your uh, things. I had it, and I had to cut it off. And, you know, I only, like, pick it up when it's uh, when it's something big coming up, and then we can, like, squeeze it in. Like, hey, let me go ahead and do this for, like, you know, that free for 30 days. Like, all right. So I get that in there. And that's how I really caught up on, like, a lot of stuff that I missed, like a few pay-per-views, a few of the NXT shows. But, yeah, I'm going to definitely check out that Super Show, though. That sounds like. That's pretty good, but you, to your point about Seth Rollins, Seth Rollins has really become the workhorse of the company. Like you put him in there, he'll go about you know twenty five, thirty minutes in a match. Yeah, man, he is man. That that boy is good, man. I mean that from the curb stomp to the ripcord knee to the to the buckle bump. The only thing that you know kind of worries you about Seth Rollins is just his history of getting people hurt, but that don't affect me as a fan. That's more so, you know, the wrestlers got to worry about that type of shit. Right, but, you know, you haven't really heard about that lately. I mean, and, I, and I could be wrong. The last person that was really hurt by him was Finn Balor, you know, at SummerSlam when he did the buckle bomb into the in the barricade and dude dislocated his shoulder. But other than that, I mean, I hadn't really heard nothing else about it to the point where they were willing to bring back the curve stunt, which Honestly, I was glad they brought that back. It's him doing the pedigree that was lame. Yeah, 
But when they brought back that curb stomp and he started stomping with it and everything, like get the crowd into it, that was the best thing they could have did for him. I'm with you on that too. I was never with him doing the pedigree. I got it, you know, because it's like, you know, he's supposed to be Triple H's little, you know, protege, so they ran with that, but but nah, it don't he don't even look like he got a powerful enough frame to where we pretending that it's real. It don't look like his pedigree would even be what Triple H's is. Right, because Triple H, you know, Triple H, he actually, I, I think it was to do, because when, when we saw him do the pedigree the first time, he actually did break somebody's neck. But that wasn't his fault, though. The dude jumped up too high and, and landed on his head wrong. But he got his neck broke? Yeah, it was like when, it was like Triple H, when he first, when Triple H was first, like, we're going back to when he was Hunter Hearst Hemsley, you know, doing the little Connecticut, um, Blue blood gimmick, and he did the pedigree. The dude jumped too high, like he was supposed to. You know, he just supposed to jump and land. He didn't jump too high and landed on his on his head. I don't know if he broke, but he messed up his neck though. Okay, you mean like in a he messed it up in an Austin Angle way, not in a Draws way. Right now, yeah, kind of kind of like that. Yeah, not like a drive. Now, what happened with drives? That, that was that was bad. That was bad. But no, nah, it was. He still he still messed dude up though. Okay, so that's when it that's when it changed from being, you know, he used to keep your arms hooked all the way to the ground. But at some point over the years, he changed to where he lets your arms go and just pushes you down to the mat. Right. So that way, it gives him it gives the other dude time to kind of jump and embrace himself. Because I mean, if you got your arms hooked and you jumping in with somebody, I mean, you just got you just kind of hoping for the best. But at least when you let it go, you know, you can kind of brace yourself a little bit better. Uh-huh. That's dope. I ain't know I ain't know that he broke nobody's neck. That part ain't dope. But me going wild. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right. That part was, but it wasn't his fault. Like he wasn't really trying to intentionally. The dude just he went up too high. It looked like it kind of looked like a, a pile driver in a way. Do you know what wrestler that was? You know, I can't recall. Like that's one of the things that you that you might have to go ahead and look for um, on YouTube or something. But I don't even know if they would even have it on there or not. I can't even remember. But I know it was early on. And this was like I'm telling you when he was Hunter Hearst Helmsley is when he did it. Not not the Triple H we know. This is when he was bowing down and coming out with the long jacket and everything. Right, right, yeah. Back Which you know, I'm 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 glad to see that Mick is still kind of he's moving around better since they didn't replace his hip. But you know, you can tell he still ain't the same from from all them wars, all that hell they didn't put him through. Yeah, but he did that shit to himself. Mick Foley was a crazy motherfucker. Hey. <laughs> <laughs> 
is not the worst I think I ever seen him suck. It wasn't him getting thrown off the cell. It wasn't um, any of the Japanese death matches. I think the worst I ever seen him take a beating was that I quit match with The Rock at Royal Rumble 99 where The Rock then handcuffed him and just kept hitting him in the head with the chair just over and over again. I think so. I think so. Because he was, and he was just. It was one of them. Like, I guess we was at that age where we kind of knew it was a show, but we still weren't sure if it was real or fake. It was one of them where, like, you know, a lot of stuff don't make me uncomfortable. Like, I've, I've seen a lot of stuff, but that was one of those way he just kept smacking him with that chair. Like, I, I kind of felt a little uncomfortable. <laughs> <laughs> I know what you mean, though. I felt like I'm Like he just looked like some old dude out there trying to get get one more paycheck. Yeah, man, and it, it, it's something <laughs> weird about you know you looking at a fifty-some-year-old man come out there talking about I'm just a sexy boy. Yeah. Right, no, we all know that's the Jared Hall talking, man. Stop it. <laughs> yeah, man, come on, man. Hey, you super Christian. Remember he came back? It's like kind of hard to bridge. I don't know. It was always hard for me when he did his, when he had his, what I like to call his second career. It was always hard for me to bridge it. He came back on some, you know, really a lot of faith and all that. And he even put crosses on his pants. But at the same time, I'm not your sexy boy. I'm just, I'm not your boy toy. I'm a sexy boy. And I got heartbreak. It was just a. It was always weird to me, but it's like I love sweet chin music so much that I'm willing to look past all this. 
Hey, but you know what though? Some things, and that's just entertainment itself. Like you can't get, you can't make everything too logical. Otherwise, you're not going to enjoy nothing. There's just some things in wrestling that just don't make sense. But you like it so much, it's like you're willing to deal with it. You know, you got the one buddy that's still going to do the reckless stuff, while the other one, he got to remember, he got a home to go to. <laughs> so he can't, right, he can't right. do nothing right. Yeah, it was the it was the second step they came on because they were still trying to do the old DX stuff like Sean. He'll walk off the screen while Triple H do something crazy. He's like, I, I, I would still say the first part of catchphrase. Y'all gonna say the rest. <laughs> yeah, I got kids watching now, so I gotta, you know, I can't be a part of that. Now, let me ask you about this. What, what you think about Ray Mysterio coming back tonight? Well, last night, I guess. I don't know. Ray Mysterio, but you know, I'm excited about Ray Mysterio. I mean, you know, even though he he's older. I mean, he and he may have lost a step because really he had so many knee injuries. I mean, of course you're gonna lose a step. I mean, it's still Rey Mysterio. He's still doing his thing. So now that's one where I'm not too mad about that. I'm not too mad about them bringing him back for at least one good run. Yeah, they say he got two years. They did a two-year contract. All right, that's good. I think you know what? Yeah, I do remember this two-year contract, but I think he's it was something to where. He can opt out of it after like eighteen months or something like that. So basically, if it's a year and a half, Mark, he can get out of it at any time. Right. So by the start of somewhere at the beginning of twenty twenty, he can end it if he wants to. Uh, I guess that's pretty cool. But I, I'm not mad about him coming back either. I'm just trying to see. You know, it, it's kind of I can never gauge where they're going with bringing these legends back. Like when I saw the Hardys at WrestleMania. The last thing I thought was that they were going to win the title, you know? Right, uh, but then... Goldberg. Go ahead. Right, so I was going to say, like, that with the Hardys, I never understood that one. I guess they won, because when, when they was going to bring it back, I thought they was going to bring it back under that little, you know, broken gimmick that they were doing, you know, in TNA and on the independent scene, which they tried to do with Matt, but it just never... And never really clicked for real. So, and then plus, you know, uh, yeah, and plus, like you said, because I think, I don't, I don't know which episode was it on the podcast. I know I brought it up a little bit, but I think it was a couple other us that brought it up. Like, they just, you could tell they just so beat down and worn out from all the matches that they did, especially for Matt. He had to go in and hang it on up. He couldn't do it no more. Right, yeah, and it's weird too, because it's like if you would have thought that one of them was 
going to break their back. If I would have told you one of them was going to break their back 20 years ago, I think most people would have picked Jeff. Yeah, it's like somehow Jeff is still Jeff is still going. Speaking of Jeff, um, did you see the Hell in a Cell match with him and Orton? No, I did not. Now that one, hey, like now that was one of the ones like where they kind of put because you know it's PG, they don't really do stuff. They really pushed it, especially with Randy Orton, you know, trying to yank his ear off and everything through because you know he wear those plugs in his ears, so. Randy Orton be digging his finger in there and just start trying to rip his ear off and everything. So if you get an opportunity, go back and just and watch their match from the Hell in the Cell pay per view. But it ended. But the ending though, that it ended weird. Like it was, it was just a weird ending. So I'm not going to really spoil that one. Just you know, when you get some time, go ahead and watch that one, and you know, you'll see what I'm talking about. That was at the Hell in the Cell pay per view. Yeah, that was at the Hell in the Cell pay per view. That's the one with Braun Strowman and Roman Reigns and Brock Lesnar came out and everything. Yep, that's the one. How the hell did I miss that? Was it a, was it like one of the first matches? Right, the um, Randy Orton. Yeah, that was the it was the opening match. Oh, okay, that's how I missed it then. Okay. Yeah, that was the opening match. So yeah, if you get time, go back and and, and just watch the watch the beginning of the Hell in the Cell pay per view. Watch that match, like. You know, they 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 kind of, they they pushed it a little bit. Yeah, it was a man. I might have to go. Yeah, I'm gonna definitely check that one out. Let me ask you this: Well, what's going on right now? Um, what matches would you like to see, but you but you're not getting right now? What what's a what's a couple? Just a, you know, if, off the top of your head, if you could just give me a few matches that you want to see, but we're not getting them, or, or at least some storylines you'd like to see certain uh, characters in. Give me a couple of them. Okay, well, see, there's a couple. Well, let me see. Now, there's, there's a couple of them that they are. Actually, I didn't think they were going to do, but they are ending up doing. Like, as the way it was going with Daniel Bryan and The Miz, I thought Daniel Bryan wasn't going to be able to go with AJ Styles, but they're going to go ahead and get them together, so that's a pretty good one. Um... Let me see. Like some with, they brought back Dean Ambrose. I wanted to see him feud with Seth Rollins again, and I think they're gonna go ahead and go that way. I'm not sure as of yet, but like him, if you remember when they first had that big feud when Seth turned on the Shield, that was that was a that was one of like the best feuds they had during that time, and like they went at it, you know, from Iron Man match to the Hell in a Cell, ladder match, so. And then get them going together again with Seventeen as the heel. I think you're gonna get some good matches out of that again. That's definitely one I want to see again, and I hope they do bring it back. So those are the two off the top right now that I can recall. Um, I'm trying to figure out where the what they did with Nakamura because he has the U.S. title, and you think you know he's Japanese, got the U.S. title. You think he'd be doing something, but for whatever reason, they're just not doing anything with him right now. So hopefully, they give him something to do now. At least be mildly entertaining because I don't know. It's like since he left NXT, he hasn't he hasn't been that good to me. Mm. I, I agree with you on that. I really don't. I really don't get the angle that they. You know, I felt like it was. A, I thought Vince McMahon, and you know, this might be far fetched, but I thought he was throwing a jab at New Japan Pro Wrestling when he had 
it could have been. You know, Vince could be petty that way. We know this. That man, 70 years old, still petty. Man, I swear, but I'll tell you this, that Raw 25th anniversary, he is still fucking genius on that mic, man. Hey, man, hey, he still got it, though, man. Like, he he, he doesn't lose it. Like, when you, when you hear him come out, man, you, you know you know what time it is. again that goes back to that point like if we try to make it too logical we're not going to enjoy the show and you kind of miss out on the moments that you have because think about this is this is old he's 70 something years old we don't know how much longer that that man will be around i mean yeah he keeps himself in great shape but you know life is crazy anything can happen so if you try to make it too logical think too much into it you end up not really enjoying it so Hey, fuck, all right, hey, you Mr. McMahon right now. We just saw you get your ass whooped by Kevin Owens, but now you Mr. McMahon. Hey, cool, I'm going to roll with it. Entertain me. Right, right. It was definitely entertaining. I was like, man, hearing that man talk, I feel like I'm 12 years old, sitting on my grandma's living room floor, watching the damn, uh, we got a black and white TV, but you can still get cable on it. Right. <laughs> I used to watch Rob. Some shorter. <laughs> matches i think if it was just them it would be pretty good i think with adding goofy ass james ellsworth into it it took away from it a little bit and they recovered it at the end but if it was just them two you just leave it up to them that would be a damn good match and once again you have dean in that heel role because i think that's where he's going i mean he cut the hair off the dude got a little swole i i would say that wouldn't be a bad one to explore explore again yeah, and, and, and that match from 85, six years ago, Seth Rollins and uh, Daniel Bryan, man. I, if I could get another one. Did you ever get to catch that one that was on Raw? Right, I 
think uh, was I let me think was Seth still part of the Shield at that time? Yep, yep, it was the early days. Yeah. He hadn't left. Yeah, I remember that. That was a damn good match, man. I and I, you know, I hadn't had that much history on Daniel Bryan at the time, and I, you know, I knew who he was obviously from Hell No and all that, but uh, I wasn't keeping up over the, the, the more recent years at that time. So it was a good way for me to get back into it. It was like, damn, damn, these guys are—they are ridiculously, man. Like that was a good match. That would be another one I would like to see. And um, really, I think. Samoa Joe, I like Samoa Joe right now, man. He reminds me of a classic bad guy on wrestling where, like, you hate him so much that you like him. Right, hey, I've always liked Samoa Joe. Like, whether he's playing a heel or face, man, like, the dude, the dude goes in the race, especially, like, when he catches you in that corner. It looks like he does, like, this, um, like, I forgot it's called, the, the technical name of it's called the Uranagi, but it's really, like, a rock bottom where he just, Throws you down. It's like he just people say, "Bam, sit down, bitch." Yeah, man, he did it in the match. That was a man. It was so damn good, man. That match is good. It's a part in there where it just like it's like okay, so you know the whole story of what he was doing to AJ and putting his family through and all that, and oh, right. daddy's coming home and showing up at his kid's house and shit. So in the match. There's a moment where, you know, they playing off Samoa Joe getting hurt. And, uh, you know, the referee is checking on him and Samoa Joe screaming and whatnot. And AJ is recovering from something. He gets up. He walks over to the referee nicely. Like, you know, tell him to step back from Samoa Joe. He's like, hey, step away. It's a match going on. Like, he didn't rush him and kick him or nothing. It's like a, I don't know, it's a beautiful moment to where it just sells it. To where, like, you know, you start thinking, like, oh, shit, Samoa Joe hurt for real. Remember all that shit you was talking? AJ, man, he got this chair. That's your ass now, sucker. You done fucked up. And right. Samoa Joe, AJ Styles yells to the crowd. Now, they probably going to take this out. Because, you know, they cut out a lot of stuff for some reason. They, It's like when you first watch it, it's a lot of cursing. And then a day or two later, they done cut all that shit out of it. Which I don't know why our kids curse. It's like, God damn, man. They can't say, you know, I, I guess if they can't say fuck, or they can't say pussy, or something like that, I get that. But they can't say damn and hell, they can't say shit. Like, Jesus Christ. Hey, man, kids here worse than that from us than they, than they do on TV. Hell yeah. If my daughter ever repeated the shit I say in front of her, Samoa Joe was was on that on that card. Then you know Jeff Hardy, Sabu, Rhino was on that card. So it was a lot of Jeff Jarrett was on that card. So it was a lot of you know guys from the WWE that was or that was either in it or used to be in it on there now. 
Hey, babe. Mm, that's interesting. See, you got a lot more history than me. Let me ask you this, because, you know, when I first got started getting back into it, I guess it was like 2012, 2011, somewhere around there. And, you know, I, I turned it on, and I saw CM Punk. So I started talking shit to Jermaine, like, who is this weirdo that they got here? You know, Jermaine, like, man, CM Punk is a cold motherfucker. You need to watch him. I'm like, he just don't look like no wrestler. Like, how, does, how is he your champion, and he looks like this? That's not no, you know, when we grew up, the biggest motherfucker was the champion outside of Bret Hart and Shawn Michaels. The biggest motherfucker was normally the champs. Right. And I looked at CM Punk. I just didn't see how he was, but he turned out to be one of my favorites of all time. Like the guy's promos, what he stands for, outside the ring, in the ring. Dude's just amazing. Did he ever have any matches with AJ Styles? You know what? None that I'm aware of. Now, it's, it's probably, I probably had to dig around to see, but from what I know, I don't think they ever really faced each other. And CM Punk for a minute wasn't TNA, but he really wasn't there that long. He was more Ring of Honor. He really made his mark more Ring of Honor than anything. Oh, he was in Ring of Honor. Right, he was in the early days of Ring of Honor. Now, wow. I know he, Daniel Bryan used to go at it. Now, him and Daniel Bryan used to go at it a lot when Daniel Bryan went by his real name, Bryan Danielson. Mm, I bet those are Right, because if you remember when they finally had their match in um, the WWE, you notice that they shook hands and everything because you know they were strengthened because they made it to the big stage because they used to go at it in the independence a lot. I had no idea. I had a um, it was a CM Punk interview I was listening to where he was explaining what happened in WWE, why he was gone and why he wasn't coming back. And he was, the only reference that he made to Daniel Bryan was to some of those WWE matches you were talking about. And he was just basically saying that Vince and them, you know, Triple H, they wanted to put, uh, they wanted to put uh, Daniel Bryan and CM Punk in a stable together. And, you know, CM Punk was basically telling them, like, that's a stupid-ass idea. You don't put Rock and Austin in the same damn group. You keep them far away from each other so you can make matches. So that's the only thing I think I heard of, uh, you know, the matches. As far as him referencing Daniel Bryan, I hadn't heard anything else. Right. Yeah, and I'm, I know they interviewed somebody. It was, uh, it was another independent guy, uh, Cole Cabana. I guess they were supposed to be friends for a while, but that didn't dissolve. But he got on that interview. He said a lot of stuff. And you know what? Some of that, you know, I can believe. Because um, he was supposed to get the main event shot at WrestleMania. But even when he was champion, he was never really the man. And he was a WWE champion. He wasn't. He, he was, so he had the highest title. But he was never in the main event. You know, it was always something I'm sharing with The Rock coming back. And main event with John Cena, or The Rock came in and beat him for the title at the Royal Rumble, and he had to settle for matches with The Undertaker. Even though they were show stealing good matches, it wasn't what he wanted. So, a lot of his grievances, it's like, yeah, I can see that. Now, that's only one side. I mean, we don't know for real because, you know, we're only hearing one side of it. But I mean, it could have been a lot of, a lot of shit that went down. You know, Triple H said, dude, it was hard to work with. 
So, I mean, you just never really know. That's odd, too, because it's like from Triple H's position, that's one thing about the business that is real. That's not fake. Uh, I don't know if the title is real when they call him COO, but, you know, the, the real part is Triple H is in the boardroom. He does have say-so. He's a, you know, he's that in the company where he's a wrestler, so that part is real, but for him to say it, I wonder is it just like, because he's coming from that perspective of having to, you know, get things done and booking and paperwork and all that, because when you talk to other guys, or not talk to, I, I ain't talk to nobody, but when you listen right. to their interviews, you know, Big Show say he was good to work with, and, and I listen to the Stone Cold podcast, and Stone Cold talks to a lot of guys, and Guys, he talked to says he was good to work with. So I wonder if the, the Triple H angle just because, you know, I'm part of the company. I'm not one of the boys anymore. And that could be it, you know, because everybody's ha- – it's, it's, it's like we, you know, just a regular job. So let's say me and you work together and there's a couple – let's say we just got – the guys from GSPN, we start a company or we're in a company. And we'll just say, for example, let's say Bob or something end up being a supervisor. Yeah, we're happy for him, right? But then let's say Bub start flexing that supervisor muscle. Then let's you know we're like, oh well, Bub ain't shit. And now this ain't one of the things taking a shot at Bub. I'm using that example. So Bub, if you hear this, you cool with me, man. I'm not taking no shot at you. I'm just using you as an example. Unless you know you want to go ahead and throw the hashtag in there real quick. I don't want to get that confused. <laughs> <laughs>
still here. I'm still here. I'm not going to recover because you know what I think about it, man. They, they could have beat the big. Help me out here. Tying with the Browns and everything. Hey, but you know what's crazy, though? That is a perfect segue into this since we're talking about football and everything. Remember the first episode I was on, and we talked about the Steelers. And I told you to watch that Browns game because that was going to be a trap game. And they damn near pulled – the Browns damn near pulled it off. It just ended up as a tie. I didn't see that coming. But what did I tell you, though? Because you know John Gruden every week got to say we need says every week we need a pass rusher, and we just look at you like, dude, please tell me you just joking. Man, he's a stupid motherfucker, Grayley. I don't have no better way to say it. I can't sugarcoat it. John Gruden is just a stupid motherfucker, and I think he's trolling, man. I really do. I think he's like, you know, like I think he's talking shit some degree, because he can't be, I just can't believe he that goddamn dumb to just be, you know, you know what, if we had a player on defense, like if we had some type of player that was a, uh, you know, a once-in-a-lifetime player, I think we'd be better on defense, but where am I going to find a once-in-a-lifetime player? Like, oh. It's just like, you just groan every time he, get, he does a press conference, it's like, uh... Man, I know he can't be serious right now. Right. He ain't this goddamn dumb. I don't know, man. It's it, you know, a hundred million dollars guaranteed for the next ten years make you do some dumb shit. So I mean, I don't know. A hundred million. You can't fire him. That's the thing. That's like, goddamn, a hundred million. I can't tell you to fire him because you still gotta pay him. Right, like after we you know, we're just not worried. You done? He still got to get paid because it's fully guaranteed contract. So why you paying one coach to help build your team back up? You still paying another coach? Yeah, like Jesus Christ, Mike Davis. What the fuck was you thinking when you did that? I wish I could have been in the room when he did that dumb shit. Right, it's like it, I understand you want to upgrade over Jack Del Rio. Wasn't nothing wrong with Jack, but I mean, I guess he ran his course. I don't know. But just looking at it, like, you mean, out of all the coaches, you mean you couldn't find nobody else and you want to guarantee them that much? Like, there was nobody there to tell you to stop, think about it for a second? You just went on ahead and did it? Right. And, man, to be honest, I, I, I hate to disagree with you, but there was definitely something wrong with Jack Del Rio, man. Jack Del Rio is just, you know, I, I, he's a good defensive coordinator. To a degree, I guess, but but for real, man, this dude. What reason did you have to hire him as your head coach? Right, and then even he had because he had experience. That's it. And then even in Jacksonville, I mean, he was all right. But you know, he he reminds me of Jeff Fisher in a way, like just not as. I don't know. Like they, they, they were, they, they were good enough defensively as coaches, but it, it just, just wasn't there. Something just didn't click or something, and they just have all these losing seasons. The only difference is Jeff Fisher was able to get away with it for longer. 
looked at, like, you know, I think I told you and, I, and listeners have heard me say it before, but I listened to the Stephen A. Smith show, and every time I heard him talking shit about Marvin Lewis, I, I would try to call in to the show to say, you talking shit about Marvin Lewis every day, and it might be valid. I'm not saying it's not valid, but I'm sitting over here with Jack Del Rio, and Marvin Lewis got a better, better win record than he got. Why you ain't talking shit about Jack Del Rio every goddamn day? Right. He ain't did nothing. Right, and here's the thing with Marvin Lewis and and – and this is what, you know, just agreeing with Mike Cook on from his episode, you know, yeah, they not winning the playoffs, but, you know, he stabilized that organization because, like I said, the the Bengals were fucking terrible. Like, they from, from the bad just ownership and then just terrible draft picks, I mean, you could just name a couple of them, Kajana Carter, Achilles Smith. I mean, the, the list just goes on about just how bad they really were. Uh, Peter Warwick. Like, just bust after bust. And then, you know, Marvin comes along, they finally kind of get it right. You know, they just haven't been able to win a playoff game for whatever reason or another. Yeah, that, that last word, which I'm sure you're not upset about, but uh, they had the Steelers, man. They, they, they fucked that up. Well... Here's the thing, you know, it's two sides to every story. So you got the Bengal fan side of it and everything. You know, the Steelers fan side of it, I mean, for a minute we was kind of whooping their ass. We we started off like we started off winning that game because you know it they didn't have Eddie Dawn, they had AJ McCarron in there. But once Ben went out, because remember Ben got hurt off of hit off of Vontae Burfick and hurt his shoulder. We thought he was done. They bring Landry Jones back in. That's when they started making that comeback. And it started getting real tight. And, you know, they throwing shit at Ben and everything. And then they just started doing the dumbass penalties, especially Perfect. You know, Perfect, he's known to do something dumb at any minute. And, you know, right behind him, Pac-Man Jones, who we all know been doing dumb shit since he's been drafted. Like, he's always doing something that's just not smart. And when when they just knocked out AB like that and gave him them extra yards, that's what happened. So... Yeah, I mean, I agree. They they would they had a chance to win the game, but they just do stupid shit. And Fontes Burfick is always going to do something dumb until he shows otherwise that he can pay attention for more than a couple of plays. Right, that makes sense. <laughs> it sounds. So, I ain't gonna lie to you. It sounds like you kind of trying to like. Oh, don't blame them so much. Just give us give us our credit more so than. Give them that blame. You know, we did, we had something to do with that, right? Exactly. I mean, yeah. Like I said, it was. Like I said, it's just self. It's just self-destructive. But you know, to Marvin's credit, though, I me, mean, you still have winning seasons under that. And that's what they, they at least they're winning, and at least they're getting to the playoffs. You know, a lot of teams wish they could just get to the playoffs. You know, the Bills ain't been to the playoffs before last year. They ain't been in seventeen years. Last time they was in the playoffs, we was in middle school, basically, and they were, and we were still playing PlayStation One and Nintendo sixty four. All right, so we didn't have about three more PlayStations come out. We went through a couple presidents, and we and we had a recession, and you niggas still ain't made the playoffs. 
So everybody mad at Marvin Lewis and the Bengals about not winning the playoff game. At least they making it. The Bills don't even, didn't even know what the playoffs look like. Oh, yeah, and don't forget we had Facebook and Instagram and Twitter invented, and they still wasn't in the playoffs. That's a damn good point. And shout out to Mike, too. Uh, because he made a good point with that, man. And, you know, I, I being a Raider fan, I can relate to having a bunch of different coaches and it not mean and shit. So, you know, that it, it, it just makes all the sense in the world. But let me ask you, because you with a franchise that doesn't usually change coaches. You know, that, that's one of my favorite things about the Steelers is that, you know, what, how many coaches have y'all had over the last – what, 30, 40 years, you had three coaches total? Three. Three, and it's hard to argue um, about how they do things because they got more titles than anybody else. But right now, um, I know y'all – I think y'all just beat Atlanta, right? Yeah. Okay, now that was talk about Mike Tomlin being on the hot seat. What's your take on, on, on Mike Tomlin's current situation? Would you prefer them riding out with him, or would you? Uh, do you think he deserves to be on a hot seat, and we need to be expecting results uh, in order for him to, you know, keep his job? Or are you just out on him? You just want him fired, and you want somebody else? How you feel about it? I mean, as a coach, man, I mean, his track record speaks for itself. Like he's been there about eleven years. Um, outside of Belichick, he's one of the winningest coaches. Like, he's won a Super Bowl, bid to another one. He's been at least three AFC title games, and he hasn't had a losing record. Like, the worst they ever done under Tomlin was 8-8. Eight and eight. So, if you look at his results, and then you look at the start, I mean, yeah, you know, they're not off to the hottest start, but it's been a couple of years where they started off slow, but then still end up with 11-5, 12-4 records and get a pretty decent seed in the playoffs. So, and once again, it's going back to the phrase I used in my last episode. Until you show me otherwise that, you know, you ain't doing it, you know, let's just go ahead and write it out because we only, what? It's only September. September just ended. And, you know, they're 2-2-1. Two, two and one. Uh, There's been plenty of teams that started out 5-0 and oh and then fizzled out at the end of the season. So you got to give, you know, the season time. Yeah, they're missing Le'Veon Bell, which that hurts. Like, I'm, I'm not going to go here in front and stunt. It hurts. I wish he did come back, but I understand that he wants his money. And, you know, if you gotta, if you try to get your money, I'm not going to be against you for it. Do what you got to do. But I'm not going to sit up here and pretend like, you know, not having him running the ball or having him on the team doesn't hurt the team a little bit. And then plus the defense has just been terrible. Artie Burns, who's supposed to be having this breakout, he's been – trash that whole secondary has just been garbage so but they kind of turned it around against Atlanta was stay like that I don't know but the Tomlin doesn't really need to be on the hot seat because every, for everybody who loves Bill Cower, Bill Cower had had a couple of losing seasons and the Steelers were fucking terrible there was a reason why that one year we ended up having the 10th overall pick the or 11th overall pick to get Roethlisberger in the first place Okay, now, another thing about the Steelers, traditionally, you guys were normally, you know, pretty heavy on defense, and under Tomlin, at least as far as I can remember, um, 
this is really one of the only eras I can recall where you guys are more of an offense-based team. Um, do you like it like that, or would you prefer them go back to some of the old Steeler teams where it was more defense-based? Well, here's the thing. Well, first off, I mean, we're, this is the era of the NFL that we're in now. It's offense-based, you know, put up the points, score, do what you can do. Now, for a time, you know, that defense, even when Tomlin got there, the, the defense was tough because of Dick LeBeau and that zone blitz game. But the problem with that is people have figured out how to beat it, especially, and I, ugh, it pains me to say it, Tom Brady has definitely figured out how to beat it. Fuck Tom Brady, by the way. But that's for another day. Going back to that, uh, <laughs> you know, I had to throw that in there, you know, Shout out to Charles Hill, you know, and, and, and Brady Nation, but fuck Tom Brady. I mean, he's he's still the goat, but I, I still I ain't gotta like him though. But back but back to what I'm saying, you know, they figured out that zone blitz game. Like it, you can tell they figured it out because when I watch the Steelers play defense, a lot of times they're off the line or they're giving the receivers cushion. You know, they're playing that zone, they're playing off on them, they're trying to do that zone blitz. Like teams have caught up with them on defense. And for as much draft stock and first-round picks that they invested in that defense, you would expect it to be much better than it is. But, you know, for whatever reason, they're still sticking with this same scheme that they've been using since Dick LeBeau was there, and they pass it on to the Keith Butler, who's the defensive coordinator now. And, you know, it, it's caught up with them. Like, they'll, they'll still get their sacks. They'll still have their moments to where they're shutting guys down. But you, you can tell it's, it's you know, they've, they've been figured out for a long time. So it is what it is. I mean, I don't mind the offense. I mean, I'm not – I'm – I do like – I like the defense. I like the running game and everything. But right now, if, if the offense is throwing the balls, how they got to win games, this is what you got to do for right now until you're able to get that defense up to stuff. Right, right. Yeah. It, 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 it's, a, it's a weird thing to me. Like, um, Tomlin's supposed to be a defensive guy, but the team is offensive-based. It's like the only – well, I'm not going to say the only, but um, it reminds me a lot of Brian Billick being in Baltimore, and he was an offensive guy, but that team was just flat-out defense, you know? Right, because what well, if you think about it, in Baltimore when he was the coach, I mean, you pretty much had a Hall of Fame defense every year, you know, with Ray Lewis, Peter Bowler, uh, Saragusa, and then you know you add Suggs later on. Uh, it's a couple other guys I'm missing. I know I am, uh, but yeah, but just overall, like that defense was just you know tough. It was to the point where you know you really didn't need a great offense, even though Brian Billick, which we know his background was the offensive coordinator for the Vikings, especially that 98 season. Yeah, which was a really great year. I want to point out, too, my mom can verify this. I actually picked the Falcons to beat the Vikings in that game. (laughs) (laughs) Shout out to any Vikings fans. I don't know if we got any, but if we did have some, I hope that that hurts your feelings. (laughs) I picked the Falcons, and they did win. I I didn't necessarily believe in them. No, nah, but man, they they were fun to watch, man. Chris Carter and Randy Moss on the, you know, especially rookie year, Randy Moss when he came on the scene. Then you got um, shoot, they had like quarterbacks. Robert Smith. Jake, yep, Jake Reed, Robert Smith, and then 
Uh, Randall Cunningham making a comeback in there playing. Jeff George was playing the quarterback for a little bit. So that team was just amazing. Then, you know, Denny Green as the head coach, RIP, the father of the greatest post-game rant ever. Yeah, man. Denny Green had pissed me off to where I was mad at him, boy, about that damn the vibe and weed. I was so goddamn hot. Like, how the fuck do you go into the NFL offices and complain about the Rams doing the Bob and Weed? All you got to do is stop them from scoring. You ain't got to see the Bob and Weed. Exactly, but I didn't think he knew how to do that. Otherwise, they wouldn't, he wouldn't have seen it so much. Man, he went in there and complained. If you remember, that's the reason, uh, you know, Ricky Pro was having dinner with the guy from Anheuser-Busch, one of the... the, the kids from Manhouse of Bush, and he was like, do the, do the Bob and Weave, and Reed Pro was like, uh-uh, they're going to find us out the ass, and and then the guy from Manhouse of Bush said, no, I'll pay for it, and then they bobbed and weave all on the Vikings on Monday Night Football just for Denny Green. Right. Good times, man. Yeah, that was good, man. Like, it, it, it's a shame that, like, the whole stadium situation with the Rams ended the way it did, and you look at the Dome, now it's all decrepit and busted looking. But when you see how that new stadium is going to look in L.A. and then plus, you know, you've been around the country, so you've seen the NFL cities with their stadiums. You understand, You kind of really get, understand why they left because there was no way they was going to get something like that in St. Louis. They tried doing something on the riverfront, which I don't know. I think, like, with, with the way that Mississippi act, that, that stadium would have been flooded half the damn time, so that would been a waste of money there you would have had to pretty much tear up half a downtown just to get what they wanted. So, you know, it, they they had to go. It's sad, but that's reality. Yeah, man, and it was like, you know, you remember we, we was hearing the whole story for years, even when Crocky hadn't finalized it yet, when he was just buying it. And, you know, the way I remember it is, you know, he was telling St. Louis what he wanted to do. And St. Louis pretty much told him to kiss their ass. We ain't doing shit. And then once it looked like he had a plan in place to move, it seemed like like a kid getting ready to get a whooping. They was like, oh, oh, we'll do it. We'll do it. We'll get you to the stadium. Look, look, we got a plan. And it's like, nah, I'm on my way out now. Don't worry about it. Right. But you know what's crazy, though, what opened it all up? When the Rams first got here, there was provision in there, and I think you probably heard it you know, repeated when it was the move was about to happen that the Dome had to be in the top tier of stadiums. Otherwise, they could go ahead and break the lease to get out of being in the Dome. But my thing with that was, like, you built this thing in 1995. You have no way of knowing that this thing's still going to be a top-tier stadium 20 years from now. 20 years later, you got – I mean, you look at Dallas' stadium, you look at the Cardinals' stadium, you look at the Colts stadium. Like, that's just three examples of how there's no way you was going to be able to meet that requirement. Right. That's a damn good point. I don't know. I just, I don't think they really thought he was going to do it. But that's a good point. That when you look at the other stadiums, you know, me and Drew used to say this when we would, uh, I, we were teaming in the truck and we would talk about the damn stadium and how, uh, just some of these other places, like you mentioned, around the country, would just put our, just put us to shame, and it's, it's already bad enough to where, you know, you would think that we would.
people just value the team more because we're not a we're not even a big city. We're not. I wouldn't even say we're a medium city in comparison. We we more like a we like a big town more than a small city. If that makes sense. No, yeah, I I definitely agree, man. It's just a big town. Like it's big enough to where it it feels like a like a like a city. But it's small enough to where I guess like a person can't get overwhelmed by it because you go to places like Chicago, L.A., hell, even New- and New York, even you know those three of the biggest cities in the country. You know, you go there, a person can feel overwhelmed because it's just the size of it. You know, for some people, St. Louis has that you know mix to where okay, it's big enough, but it's still small at the same time, so it ain't too much for them. I guess it's a perfect balance, but you know just behind on a lot of shit, so you know, there's some things that we gotta work on. Absolutely. It's like, one of my, probably my only favorite things about being at home is that we're not too far from any direction. You know, like, if I if I want to go to Dallas, I'm not too far. I'm not too far from Chicago, not too far from Memphis. You know, like, if you live in New York, yeah, you, you might not have a lot of reasons to go other places because you're in New York, but from New York... Memphis is a while away. L.A. is a hell of a while away. You know, we're kind of right smack dab in the center. Right, we are. And then plus, you know, because I got younger kids, man, you know, we there's a lot of free stuff here to do. So we trying to take the kids out somewhere, you know, hey, let's just go to zoo. We can just walk up in there. We ain't got to worry about paying, you know, to get in. Now, the drinks and, 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 and the food and everything, like, nah, we'll eat once we leave. <laughs> hell yeah, man. Hey, man. Like the city, they live off prison rules in the establishments. Shit is high. I was at the damn Cardinals game, man. You know how much a hot dog is at the Cardinals game? About five dollars, five six dollars. Yeah, what the fuck? Hey, the re- eat and get a drink with ten dollars. It's terrible. You have to either eat or either drink. That's like your options there. to get the tickets and then you gotta go in there again but you know, that's pro sport hey even the Rams the Rams concession price was big because here's the thing back when I was wrestling in MOBAP because we were a small school you know we weren't funded like no NCAA school it was NAIA so this is the, this is like just a step below D3 right so we had to do fundraisers so one of the fundraisers is that we worked the Rams game so we work in the Rams game Monday night football I think I was playing the Redskins and instead of trying to enjoy the game, it's like me and a couple of my teammates, we sitting up serving nachos. It's eight dollars nacho, eight dollar nachos for some chips and just like a little scoop of meat. Like these people actually gave me a ticket. You slid me a ten. You can put more in there, can't you? Like, yep, put about four more scoops on there. Like, yep, there you go. <laughs> and they said we can keep wow. tips. That's true. I, I came back home with about a good hundred, hundred fifty dollars just off tips. <laughs> That's good money right there. Right, especially though know, I was in college, I ain't had no job either. No, I had work study, but work study wasn't paying nothing anyway. So I was cool just to keep that little extra money in my pocket. I'm like, hell yeah! Oh shoot! Right, right. 
Okay, they purpose. Man, now, I'm gonna make sure. I'm gonna make sure we don't have a a, a lakes episode here, so I'm gonna wrap it up. But I yeah, want to get a couple things out of the way. Um, y'all got the Bengals coming up next Sunday. You playing in Cincinnati? I think I probably know. I could probably guess who you picking to win the game. But give me a score. All right, well, you know, it's it's still a nation. We're going to go in there, and we're going to win. We're going to go ahead and make it two in a row. Um, we get it going because this is the time where they start getting it going. If I had to give a score because of Cincinnati, and those games do get tend to get a little wild, I would say 27-24. to 27-24? I think that's a damn good score. Can Cincinnati Right, you know, because you know that they're going to go at it, and you know, some screwy going to happen in there. It always does, but in the end, it's it's going in twenty seven, twenty four. That's that's how I see it going. Okay, okay. Now here's one that me and you both can enjoy. Um, the Chargers are going to play the Browns, and I'm saying go Browns. I'm assuming you saying go Chargers, right? <sighs> Yeah, you know, I do want the Chargers with us because yeah, we need to go ahead and break this tie with the <laughs> like, Ever since we did tie with them, it's like our records have been exactly the same. We need to find some way to break this tie. So I need Phillip Rivers to have one of the throwback Phillip River games and, and go ahead and pull this out. Like, I like Baker Mayfield, though. Like, I like what they're doing in, in, in Cleveland. Like, I, can, I, I see what they're doing there. They're trying to get it going. But, yeah. Yeah, I got to take another L this week. I'm sorry. We got to break this tie. This is getting ridiculous. I'm tired of the jokes in this group. So, <laughs> especially the damn Rams fans. <laughs> especially from these damn Ram fans like Cordell, Crispy Bacon. Uh, There's a couple other ones in there that's been making all their little stealer jokes. So, I'll be watching. I ain't forgot about it. Only reason we united for a little bit was to uh, mess with uh, what's the dude's name? Uh, the dude Cornell Blevins, who's like the Julio Jones Alabama fan, uh, which I actually like, dude. Though, like, dude, even though some of the arguments he make don't make no sense, man. Like, the dude is hilarious. The 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 debate with on some of the stuff he think of. So, whoever snitched him out, shame on you. That he is he is a, a fun part of GSPN. So whoever snitched him out, shame on you. Shame. Yeah, man, that's some straight punk shit, man. Just go tell on him. I never hey, understood. I hope it was a girl. <laughs> you hope it was a girl. <laughs> I hope it was a girl, just so it makes sense. Cause man, what grown man? To be honest, dog, I didn't. I don't even know how to tell on somebody on Facebook. Like you really, you really sat there and, and clicked some buttons that said, "Yeah, I don't like this," and report. Like you, rep- what could you report in the group that what made you that upset? Snitch on somebody, right? Because I mean, the, the the group is based off of talking shit and saying wild stuff anyway. So you knew what you were getting into in the group. Like, if you don't like what he said, either debate him about it or just leave it alone and go about your merry little way. Yeah, like, Jesus Christ, what type of word shit? And I'm not even gonna lie to you, I was halfway offended because I was like, out of everybody to get told on, I don't get told on for shit, all the shit I'm talking about, nobody tell on me. <laughs> I don't know, man. Maybe, maybe, maybe the stuff you do ain't that bad. I don't know. 
about to come harder. I'm, I'm not putting in enough work. I need to get told on. I need somebody to snitch on me so I can really feel like something in this motherfucker. Because, God damn, I saw that yesterday. I typed in, like, man, that that is not going to be tolerated. We find out who did it. We need to we need to get their address. And so <laughs> we need to show up. Let me not say that. If something happened to somebody there, I could be like, uh-uh. I'm just talking shit. I'm just playing. Right, Mm-mm. we we don't we don't need that on us. But I will say, shame on them, shame on them for doing that. Yeah, I hope your kid gets straight F's on the report card, and I hope your girlfriend, um, I hope your girlfriend come back in the house with a shirt on backwards and make and let you know something happened when she was out. Right, I I, I don't know. I don't want the kid to get straight F's. Maybe he could pass lunch or something. I don't know. But these, straight these then, so that way they pass, but it's fucked up. <laughs> right, like, we're going to let you, because we're tired of looking at you. You ain't getting it, and I don't want to see you again, so you're here. Just, just gone. <laughs> straight up. I'm, uh, man, look, I'm going to tell you, I disagree with you. I want I want Baker Mayfield to come out there whooping ass, because I need all the help I can get. These Chiefs ain't showing no mercy. I'm not really too worried, because it's the Chiefs. So I'm kind of guessing at some point they fall apart, but... I mean, they oh. they are, but it's not gonna be in that Patriots game. No, I need I need them to be go ahead and beat the Patriots real quick. That's the one time I will actually kind of like the Chiefs, but I actually didn't have no problem with the Chiefs, you know, until you know these people in my church, you know. So once the Rams left, they all in my face talking about some go Chiefs, and I'm just like, man, y'all lucky out we at church. <laughs> <laughs> Right, but we we in the church, and I'm not trying to get banned from working that screen. I like what I do, so. <laughs> yeah, man. Are you still writing? Do you still do that? You know what? I ain't wrote anything in a while. Now, I will say this though: I'm I'm actually kind of um taking a little bit of photography now. So, I've I kind of started up a page on Instagram. Uh, it's official GM photography. So uh, just kind of go ahead and check that out. Like, it's really, like, just getting started. Like, just, just started up. So we're going to see how that turns out. But I'm thinking that's going to be something that's going to be real big. But I'm possibly looking to get back into writing soon. I don't know when, though. But I ain't wrote nothing in, like, damn near a year. I think ever since um everybody started kneeling after Donald Trump and went on everybody, that's when I last wrote something. Yeah, man, you're really good at that, too, though. You should keep going with that, because I, I, I read a few of them and, uh, back when you was doing them, and uh, they, they, they damn good. A lot better than the shit I read on some of these, you know, major, whatever you call them, websites or sports news places. You're a lot better than them. All right, well, thank I appreciate that, man. I appreciate that. Yeah, I'll probably get back into it. I think probably just... It's just time, and then, like, sometimes I would do it on my break from work, but, you know, nowadays, you know, I take a break, break from work, like, I actually turn my brain off for a minute. I'm just going to listen to this music. I'm going to laugh at some of this shit in this group, and, you know, yeah, I just need a minute before I have to start using my brain again. <laughs> I feel you on that, brother. I, I logged off of everything yesterday. Sometimes I just need to, you know, somebody just need a recharge or just get back to some other things in life. I get... I get a little too trigger happy with the buttons on my phone, so I have to take a step back, take a breather. I'm let everybody know it ain't nothing personal or nothing crazy going on in my life. It's just 
I have to, you know, I got to focus on some other things. So that's all it be. But uh, I'm going to go ahead and let you get out of here, man. I'm going to send you those. I'm going to send you the, the uh, you know, my email and password so you can get right in there and check that out. And I, I really want to try to get you back on here, man, so we can, you know, have a, a, a review where both of us have listened to it because I, I could go on and on about it. But I will tell you that that uh, Super Showdown is one of my p- favorite pay-per-views in a very, well, I say very long time, I mean like years. Not to say it ain't, not to say it's the only good one in years, but I'm normally not into a pay-per-view from start to finish. And I was into this one start to start finish. To finish. And, I can't, and you yeah, know, man. So when you into it from start to finish, that's how you know it's good. That's how you know they didn't really... They really tore it down because you know a lot of times you know you if it start and in the middle you probably you know have ADD look at your phone go take a leak and then you come back for the main event. Yep, yep, that's exactly what I do. Hell yeah! And then the, the women, I hate you know it might sound terribly sexist, but a lot of times I skip right past the women's matches, but not this one, man. When I say Naomi and Oscar, that was a good ass. They wasn't fighting each other. I keep forgetting. Right, they was in a tag. They was a tag angle. Yeah, they was in a tag versus um, is it the Iconics? Are they called or something like that? I know what you're talking about. Yeah, now them two, I'm not really into them, but you know, Oscar and Naomi, they, you know, that that's a damn good team to the point where you know you get enough of these women. I think I talked about it before. They need to go ahead and have a women's tag team division. Absolutely. They got enough of them now. When we were coming up, it just it wasn't enough women to even think about something like that. But now it's a bunch of women out there. Right. And you can and you can make it work, man. Just you know, y'all got the time. Just you know, figure it out. I mean, if y'all gotta do like a network only show for them, then they do that. Right. They got that women's evolution coming up. I think I'm gonna check it out. I've been kinda rough on them. And they've been putting on a great show. So I, I think I'm going to go ahead. And then shit, the, the, the damn network is I already paid for it, so why not? Hey, go ahead. Like, I, th- I think that one's going to be just just see what that, that, that'll that be like. I think that's going to be pretty good, that all women's pay per view. But yeah, just to your, going back to your point, though, yeah, it's got to. I do want to get on there and talk about the Super Show uh, once I had a chance to watch it. But also, we do got to figure out how to get like more of us on here. Like, whether it be me, you know, maybe get Bretland, um, Lakes, Bub, you know, I don't know how we work it out, but yeah, definitely try to get, you know, more than just one on there. I think that that's gonna make it really good. Yeah, man, I'm gonna put out another open invite. We're gonna see what happens. So far, you two for two on them, and I definitely appreciate that, man. If you got some time this weekend, man, you know, even if it ain't, you know, that I want all the members in the group to keep this in mind too. Um, a lot of these podcasts are incredibly long, and, and I'll take the blame for that because I'm a, a talkative motherfucker. But uh, if you only got 15 minutes of time, we'll just do 15 minutes. You know, I, we could do a show where we could have four or five different guests. Everybody get 15 minutes apiece. I'm kind of open to anything. So even if it's just something that you, you know, some of y'all get an hour lunch breaks or 30-minute lunch breaks and, I'm pretty much on the truck all day, so as long as I got a signal, depending on where I'm at, I'm free to do it. Like, I, I was talking to you tonight, and most of the time I was driving. I'm not driving now, 
but uh, most of the time I was driving, and uh, I parked about 30 minutes ago, it says so on my little clock here, so, uh, you know, I'm pretty much open all day, so if y'all just on your break and you just see something and you want to get it out, you know, that's open to anybody, just, just you know, text me or inbox me or there's enough motherfuckers in there to know how to get in touch with me. Well, you get in touch with me if you want to. Yeah, most definitely. Yeah, I mean, it, that wouldn't be a bad idea. Do, like, you know, get a couple of uh, guests on there. Um, especially, don't you know, try to get those one-on-ones going, like that one with, with, with uh, C4 and Spice got. I'm, I'm definitely looking forward to that one. I don't know when that's going to happen, but I definitely want to look for I'm looking forward to that one. Right, man. I, th- I, th- I think Spice God, Elizabeth, I think Spice God, that's my boy, too. You know, we on the same team, but I, I think Spice God might be ducking C4 a little bit, man. I mean, yeah, because you ain't really heard. I mean, he'll drop his little, little little jabs at him every once in a while, but I I, I think um, between the two, if I had to pick, I don't know, I'd say C4, but I don't know. It, it'd be very close, though. It'd be very close, but like I said, I, I, I want to hear it, so uh, I don't know how it's going to happen, but them two need to make it happen. I'm going to make sure I say something when I put this post up. I'm going to try to get it up in the morning, man. But, uh, Graylian, thank you again for coming on, man. Anytime, you know, you want to talk about anything, I'm always open to getting on here with you, man. And I'm going to text you. You'll have that. You'll have my uh, email and password here in the next five to ten minutes. All right, cool. Thanks, man. Now, I got to go ahead. I got to get this laundry done. I got to get up in the morning, man, but it was worth it. Thank you so much for having me on there, man. It's always fun getting on there. Yes, sir. Well, I'll see you back in these GSPN streets, and until next time, my brother. All right, man. Take it easy. Be safe out there. Yes, sir. Thank you. All right. No problem.